Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Radio Level will go like, hey, this is Jad, this is Robert, test, test, test. This week, we're in a museum. <laughs> like, yeah. it'll, it'll go like right into like whatever they're doing. Hello, I'm Jad Uh Test, test, this is Robert Colwich. Have you ever considered the banana slug? Now, that's a funny little insect. Within the banana slug, there's an entire world of wonder, the kind of thing that we've never considered before. Whoa. Hello, how are you? This test, is, test. Who's Hello. this? This is Robert. And who are you? Hello. Um, I'm a professor of uh, banana slugology at the University of California. <laughs> out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed, call Andy and Kelly for your business paper needs or Dundamip. Then the people versus paper people, Dundamip. Then the people versus paper people, Dundamip. Then the people versus paper people. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host, Big Turkey, a.k.a. Sean Roney. And I'm Edwin Janes, your office administrator. And with us, as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. Wish I could have gone with Ryan on that cool retreat! <laughs> um, uh, Get that- us plastic Uh, that uh, doesn't matter. That quote uh, is our cue to, to uh, <laughs> announce our that we are on our uh, cool retreat. <laughs> oh, <God>. Our <laughs> MSPC cool Ryan, retreat on Ryan's cool retreat. Survivor we're, men. Yeah, we're here. We're here up in the mountains uh, for the weekend, recording Tucked some away. episodes. Mm-hmm. Mount Hood, just a just a, a ways away from Portland, Oregon, crown jewel <laughs> of the Pacific Northwest. That's correct. Correct. And uh, for today's episode. We are going to be diving deep into the Dundies, both the first episode of the Dundies in season two and Michael's last Dundies in season seven. This is kind of a flip on uh, something that we have done, which is look at an individual episode or an arc or a concept within the show. And for us, the Dundies is kind of cool because it allows us to talk about first episode of season two, one of the last episodes of season seven. It's a concept that kind of uh, recurs throughout the show only these two times, but it's pretty powerful to kind of look at those episodes back to back and kind of see how they kind of bookmark or bookend the show. It was uh, pretty pretty interesting to watch them back to back for a lot of reasons because I've never done that before. I've never watched... Like just something from season two and specifically jump to season seven and mm. especially uh, episodes that are connected with the same themes. A lot's changed. Lots changed. It's yeah. Michael physically. Uh, like, I mean, the the age is on full well, display. Yeah. You know, obviously, that's going to happen. Um, and a lot of the other characters. I mean, you you, you initially you, it's like their entire. So much has happened. Yeah. In that Ke- time, Kevin's a normal person. Kevin is exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. A lot of them two. haven't changed. Yeah. Too. And then he's uh, bringing crayons and drawing on uh, cloth <laughs> in the uh, last one, uh, tablecloths. But we'll get to all that. Um, you know, do you go, do we just want to kind of go in order? I've taken little notes. I was going to say let's let's talk about the Dundies in the first episode of season two. Just kind of sprint through the plot 
Talk yeah. about the Dundies in season seven, Michael's last Dundee season seven, and then we can kind of dig into the points of comparison or, hot con- yes. uh, or to contrast. Yeah, them. so if you haven't seen the Dundies in a while, uh, what happens? The Dundies so, is the first episode of second season of The I Office. the first episode of season mm-hmm. two. Felt like it was later. Uh, and it uh, was written by Mindy Kaling and directed by Greg Daniels, and it aired uh, on September 20th, 2005. Wow. In a commentary for the show. Just after Katrina. Uh, they talk about how they wanted that initially to be the pilot for the show. Mm-hmm. The Dundies was initially going to be the first episode, but because there was kind of pressure and they didn't know how they wanted to set it up, they ended up going with the, the pilot episode called Pilot, which is basically a shot-for-shot remake of the British version. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, So it didn't start off the show on a great note with audiences and especially with critics but uh i think when you watch this episode it's such a pure expression of what the office kind of is at least what the u.s office kind of is yeah, yeah it, oh, it, totally. it, it, it like it literally gives every character almost a stage literally to come up and be like this is this is michael's relationship to this person this person this person uh i mean I, all of jim and pam's relationship kind of plays out in jim and pam's storyline yeah. in this one it it, it kind of warms your heart in this weird way <laughs> you know it's well they're a, so innocent there's just like kids in this one well i mean yeah pam gets in a fight with roy at the at the chilies and i forgot how he's you know like really grabbing her elbow and trying to get her in the car and then she proceeds to get really drunk after that but that she and jim are sharing all these special moments and like you're happy for them in that moment a lot of the plot dynamics from the early seasons that are characteristic of the early seasons are really fixed and really on display in this episode. Mm-hmm. Michael with uh, Michael searching for validation, Michael trying in the face of downsizing to put on a show for his employees mm-hmm. to uh, to make people feel worthy and 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 uh, and valued, even if it, they don't really care about it, you know, or it's not really landing. Um, Jim and Pam in that way that Jim is kind of they can't be together because of Pam's engagement, things like that. All those things are kind of at play here. Uh, Ryan as the temp and uh, having to kind of, I guess, uh, be Michael's assistant in yeah, a way. Yeah, go you know? along with it. Right, even go along with he's... it kind of blindly, yeah. Well, and as, as we learned in the deleted scenes, too, that uh, Ryan complains to, to Toby, Toby yeah. and Toby approaches Michael about it later. Um, Michael, of course, doesn't even b- want to believe it. <laughs> right, right, yeah. We see Michael... Uh, we get you get to see an appearance from Ping. You know, we hear learn Michael's oh, we, sure do. we learn Michael's true feelings for Ryan, and we heard him change the words to a number of classic songs, which for me has ruined them for life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Deleted scenes, you see him in the full uh like Native American mm-hmm. headgear and everything. I mean it's it's like you said, it it's it's the full parts of the office on display in one episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, this episode had a big job to do. Coming off season one, people weren't sure about this show. What is this show? Uh can it ever live up to the BBC office? Will it work here? Huge job. And I think it it kicks off the second season. Just incredibly. Huge bang. I it, I forgot how much I loved it. I mean, the show, this episode opens, too, with Michael like telling like a hypothetical story where like if he doesn't do the Dundies, people are going to like kill themselves. Yeah, the neighbor is, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the neighbor is like, wow, no one ever recognizes me. A couple of days later, you notice a weird smell coming from the neighbor's house. He's hanged himself due to lack of recognition. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess that's one thing that I was thinking about while watching this episode. Michael makes a big point a few times to the office and to Jan that the Dundies is for everyone and it's really important. Is it more for everyone or more for Michael? Do you think he's like genuine in that? Well, like Oscar says, you know, it's like going to a little kid's party when you don't want to be there, but the kid's having such a good time, you just put up with it. Like that's 
yeah. how they see it clearly, which is interesting juxtaposed with the season seven Dundies, which we'll get mm-hmm. to later. It has a much different vibe than that. But in season two, it still feels like this is a mandatory party that everyone has to go to. We're going to let Michael get his yajas out. We're going to let him do this in public because you can tell Michael feels it's his like God-given ability that he thinks he's doing. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell like this is his thing he does. He's a, this is hosting the Oscars for him, which, you know, is probably his probably got to be his dream job. Right. Produce, direct and star in this grand <laughs> right. stage production. <laughs> right. Right. You know? Right. And so they're all just like and Dwight is early with the cue. Let's know? get. Yes. <laughs> like, let's get through it. I think to um, just in general, like uh, what we see, you know, we you talk about is it for Michael or is it for the characters, right? Or for the other characters in the office. And I think it, it starts as just for Michael. And what we get with kind of the plot disruption that we get from the other guys throwing the milkshake at Michael, kind of making fun of him, is um, is it actually does become a moment where the cast or the the I guess the office group can kind of unite and kind of have a real moment of togetherness, uh, even though they're not expecting it, right? Mm-hmm. They kind of band together after Michael gets made fun of. And, and again, to go to a commentary, they were talking about how it's like, you we can make fun of our family, but like somebody else who's not in the family can't make fun of the family. Mm-hmm. Right, you know? right, right. And after that, I mean, granted, it's a drunken Pam uh, with Jim kind of cheering her along, but they kind of like, they cheer, they get people back into it, right? And they have some funny moments together with the Kevin and, Bowel, smelliest bowel movement or whatever. And Stanley, <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't go out, don't um, go in there after him award. Yeah, yeah. and I, I also think which has a squatting trophy, which I've never noticed. <laughs> never, right, yeah, noticed never yeah. that. How did he get that special made? <laughs> the businessmen were out, so he yeah. put a bowler on Kelly's, <laughs> and then somehow he got a squatting person. Yeah, and yeah. in a rare moment of, I guess you would call it tact from Michael, he gives Pam the whitest tennis shoes award instead of the longest engagement award. Yeah, which is kind of funny and refreshing, and it gives Pam a moment to kind of, I think Pam sort of, uh, the fact that she gets drunk provides a rare emotional outburst in the early parts of the show. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we get a ton of that over the course of the show as we move to the end, but early in the show, you don't get a lot of characters kind of jumping out of their lane to be really bold and be like, here I am, I'm trying to resolve this issue or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But for Pam to get drunk and kind of be so extroverted is is really unique, and it kind of uh, kind of electrifies the back half of that episode. You oh, know? totally. Michael I mean, must have made that trophy between Workday and the Party. Because Jim comes this, in to talk to him and uh, be like, don't, oh, don't give her the longest engagement award. Right, right, and he's yeah. like, why? It's such a funny joke. Huh. But then Ooh, that night... Michael had has, already done it, though? He has the whitest sneakers award for her. Oh. So. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm. Anyway. Um, I, I agree. I wrote down uh, somewhere that like, Pam is the best in this episode. I wrote that, too. I was like, this is the best <laughs> evidence for Pam being a good person. No, it's so it true. She totally gets the party started. She starts applauding and things like that after. I mean, of course, she's, you know inebriated but um which is uh, what michael wanted she brings the party back to life and then gives that great speech um i feel god in this chilies tonight (laughs) (laughs) she kisses jim yeah yeah i I think pam over the course of the show kind of exhibits this sort of genuine sort of empathy and care for the people in the office Mm -hmm. the problem is i think when she shows it it gets kind of shoved back down in her face like think about all the times you know, she tries to console Angela or whatever, and Angela's just like, ugh, and rolls her eyes or, or whatever it is. And over the course of the show, I feel like Pam is very rarely as, let's see. Or the whole microwave cleaning incident. Yeah. You know, like, no yeah. one is on her side, really. They're mm-hmm. like, you should just clean it, Pam. And she's like, why does no one see this the way I'm seeing it? Like, mm-hmm. this is a bigger issue. I think mm-hmm. her emotional intelligence is what allows her to kind of take care of Michael, you know? Mm-hmm. It's what allows her to kind of uh, pick up on things with Aaron or other characters. And uh, but she rarely feels 
the sort of energy, I guess, maybe to like actually act on it or or to kind of make a public moment of it. Mm-hmm. She's usually supporting from the background, you know. Yeah. Um, and here she she's definitely not afraid to speak her mind and yeah. speak up. So. Yeah. Another another character who's really important in this episode and uh, and the uh, other episode that we'll talk about is Dwight. Uh, oh, Dwight's yeah. Dwight's side story in this episode is that um, he finds out that something horrible about Michael has been written on the bathroom wall and uh, and is trying to figure out what it is. And even though Michael doesn't support him at all, mm-hmm. but still wants him to figure it out for him. Yeah, he's a like, full right hand man. Yeah. Give me permission in any means necessary. Yeah. He's the DJ yeah. for the mm-hmm. the whole performance at Chili's coming in with cues and and you know knowing the material and everything like that I mean he he works very hard a thankless to, as always Dwight yeah. in this thankless role yeah Michael says Michael. Michael. Dwight's, out, Dwight's out here sucking the funny out of the room I know yeah <laughs> really really laying the seeds yeah. for for Dwight being taken for granted the only until he leaves person for, it's a, not until he leaves for Staples much later in the show that Michael looks around and is like there is now a void in this office you know it mm-hmm. takes a while I do love when Dwight just sucks the air out of Michael's jokes. Like he has that one where he's like, uh, "You know, Dwight, I was talking to a uh, went on a date with a woman from a woman from HR." And he goes, "Really? We don't have any women in HR." And he's like, "Just, just go just. with it." He's like, "Things were getting hot and heavy, and I started to take her bra off when she made me do six hours of paperwork, like an AIDS test." <laughs> he's like, "No, Dwight, not like an AIDS test." <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's it's. I think too the it, it's funny. There's an analog. I think early early seasons with Dwight. It's all about investigations. You know, mm-hmm. where he's empowered by Michael. And in in the deleted scene, we see you know Dwight say he's like, uh, I'm going to need two days access to. Oh no, that's a, that's something else. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of versions of this. The the drug testing, uh, the emergency giving Dwight control of the office. Yeah. <laughs> he flips the map over. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. It's the whole. Two, Task season two force, things like that. Mm-hmm. I think the later Committees. season version of this is Dwight plots his schemes by himself to kind of mm-hmm. take Jim down to kind of uh, mm-hmm. all these different things. That Dwight's always plotting something to take over the building or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like Dwight, um, his sort of manifestation, his, uh, his plotting and scheming and stuff goes to another level where it's investigations mm-hmm. in the early seasons. And, the, and again, to bookend that in the season seven Dudneys, you get Dwight on the other side of that. Dwight mm-hmm. giving up. Dwight is like, I don't care anymore because no one cares about me. Yeah. Um, but we'll get to that. I think yeah. we should wrap up. I was going to say on that note, let's jump to season seven. Like, I was going to say, yeah, like, yeah, like okay. the rest of the regular Dundies, they get kicked out of oh, Chili's. Yeah. yeah. We get that great heat check scene with the one with the manager from Chili's who just <laughs> yeah, has we... the talking head, like, which I love in that moment. Like they got, they got kicked out. And then yeah. the documentary crew is like, can we just like talk to you for like a second? And he's like, tell us okay. what happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he sits down and like gives a little interview. I actually think too. And again, uh, just like the way th- this episode ends with like tiny dancer being played over the ending. Yeah. It's in the last yeah. moment where Jim it's- watches uh, Angela as the DD take Pam home. And like, mm-hmm. it kind of, you know, gives you a little bit of hope for their relationship, yes. which yeah. often feels very hopeless in the early seasons. And, it was just a nice sort of thing where, like, you know, everyone's kind of happy at the end of the episode, right? Yeah. Michael says, you know, uh, did I do very well? And he's like, well, let me ask you, let me tell you this. I made Pam laugh so hard that she fell out of her chair and almost right, broke her neck. Right, right. He's like, so I killed, or almost did. Yeah. You know? So mm-hmm. Michael is happy. 
the people who stayed are happy because they had this moment of kind of unity or Jim this moment kiss. to kind of come together. Jim and Pam kiss, you know, and, and Jim kind of hopefully looks and watches Pam drive off in Angela's car or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the show is the, the Dundee performance is a disaster, really. I mean, you know, he's getting bullied. People throwing milkshakes. He's them playing getting kicked out with the Asian woman sitting yeah. right behind him. Well, I mean, I almost rewatching it too. I was like, you, you feel so bad for him when the bullies start like, yeah. saying, you suck, man, you suck." And uh, but man, he did, really he un- did a lot of terrible things right before that. <laughs> he said so many hurtful things. Um, and so, Chili's was crowded. That like yeah. Chili's is crowded that night. Yeah, both nights. It's standing room only in those restaurants. And yeah. you're like, man, these poor other patrons. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I am king. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, gosh, man. Yeah. That's tough. Uh, we'll jump to uh, season seven, Michael's Last Dundies, the 21st episode of the seventh season, um, written by Mindy Kaling again. Both Boom. Dundee episodes. Uh, and directed by Mindy Kaling. Uh, aired April 21st, 2011. This is a unique counterpoint to my, the first Dundies because it happens during Michael's gradual exit during season seven, right? D'Angelo has come aboard as as, as uh, the replacement manager. Michael is kind of training him, and he sees this last Dundies as a, a, a last sort of piece in D'Angelo's training, right? Mm-hmm. And while D'Angelo does give indicators that he's going to kind of do his own thing, Michael's like, why do you keep saying that? This is our tradition. We have to keep it going, right? And we see Michael, even as he's leaving, very resistant to actually drop all of the things that he's been doing for all of this time. Mm. So it opens with them driving around early morning and handing yeah. out Dundee nomination certificates, surprising characters early in the morning at their own homes. <laughs> all you know. their different reactions. Yeah. yeah. Um, I caught maybe like, maybe it's a, an intentional nod to the first Dundee's episode, but when Michael throws the eggs at Toby's house and he's saying, you suck, you suck. It's kind of like oh. those bullies throwing the milkshake at. That's uh, no. exactly what they say to mm-hmm. Michael. That's very true. Well, that's interesting. He's also never won a Dundee. He wins one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, coincidence. One. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love when they show up at Jim and Pam's house, and Jim is like, "Yep, okay, yeah, yeah," just like half awake, kind of accepting it. And uh, they're like, "Where's Pam?" And Pam says, "What's going on?" And Jim says, "Stay in bed. Stay in bed. Don't come down here." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then D'Angelo is so surprised by everyone's house or whatever housing, <laughs> whatever they go to Meredith's house. Right. It reminds me of Katrina. You know? yeah. yeah, Meredith comes back, walk of shame, yeah. offers them Vienna sausages and napkins. <laughs> Vienna sausages. Do you want to have your door unlocked and a jar? <laughs> oh, busted! Whoa, I got a Dundee. Love Meredith, but they have to. The, the the sort of threat is that they have to train. Michael has to train D'Angelo to actually host the Dundies. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because they have opposite styles where D'Angelo is so uncomfortable performing, so uncomfortable on stage. And I think... But very comfortable managing. Yes. He can present if he thinks it's a meeting or something mm-hmm. like that. And I think just in general, like we'll talk at another point, I'm sure, about D'Angelo's overall presence in the show. But Will Ferrell is such a live wire when it comes to his performances. Oh. Like Will Ferrell in a non-dramatic role or in a comedic role is often so he's very rarely low energy, you know, mm-hmm. and if it is low energy, it's to play off moments of really big screaming energy. Right. Mm-hmm. So we see him kind of give these lower like uh, these lower energy comedic roles. But then it's, you know, tagged by him with Michael and Michael sitting on his chest. And <laughs> Michael <laughs> asked right. to, D'Angelo asked to speak over Say it with an accent tape recorder at the top volume like yeah and well, he does it all the time even in the few episodes he's in i mean mm-hmm. the juggling routine the invisible juggling routine right. oh. you know dunking on the hoop they like 
you get Will Ferrell for a few episodes, you better use his physical comedy. Yeah, you have to. And so they find really interesting ways to do that with the puppy, with Andy. Give me like, that dog. Yeah. And to his credit, they do. Will Ferrell does, of course, deliver some really funny lines that are played almost for like the absence of laughter, mm-hmm. where uh, D'Angelo will make a joke and he'll pan out to the uh, to, like the audience or the people in the office and no one will laugh, you know? And he's like, God, oh, this is a tough room. <laughs> um, and then, of course, we see Aaron um, breaking up with Gabe because she's not happy in yeah. their relationship. And Pam kind of coaches her through that. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, and all of that comes to the head at the Dundies itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We just recently did an episode about, you know, the party planning committee about in-office parties. These are two episodes where the parties are happening in these public locations where not all the rules of the office are there. And you see people starting to kind of break those rules. Or they're interacting with strangers. Yeah, it just gives a slightly different chemistry. Um, I I mean, watching both these back to back, I think they're both I think they're both just really, really, really good. And the highest one of the higher percentiles of office episodes. There's emotional weight. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned at the end of the in season two, the tiny dancer and that does feel like tonally it's a huge shift from so much of the show, like ending on an Elton John song that's not playing naturally. And Season one would end on silence. Right. Cut right. to credits. Yeah. And you got to think that was a big overcorrection. Warnings! From... Warnings! Warnings! <laughs> <laughs> Easy, <laughs> man. Put the safety on uh, that I move, thing. I, okay, yeah, I got to switch out. Got to love an accidental <laughs> drop. Yeah, jeez. Uh, <laughs> but you got, okay, so you got to think that's like a big tonal shift from season one of like, Okay, yeah. this needs to be different than the PBC office. This needs to ha- be a little more sincere. It needs to be more heartfelt. And I, you know, I don't know how much Ricky Gervais really had his hand in season two of The Office in the yeah. US, but like, and say what you want to will about Ricky Gervais. There's a lot of valid complaints about that guy, but like, he's very good at heart making like genuinely heartfelt moments. That's like in all of his shows in The yeah. Office, in Derek. <laughs> Like li- even like life's too short, which is like this horrible, just hard, yeah. hard to watch show. But I love life's too short. Yeah, it's oh, great. So even good. extras, there's like these really heart wrenching moments, and oh, he's totally. very good at that. And so I feel like that was injected into this as a reaction of like season one. And I mean, th- this first episode of season two is f- is full of moments like that. I feel like, and it ends on this really hopeful note, which is not how the and, show and, initially was. And yet, the whole thing is is cringe comedy, like up until those last. Oh yeah. Oh, pure. I mean, the, p- the ping bit is like yeah. just oh, all time terrible. Yeah. yeah, I, I, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that Ricky Gervais is, in season two and moving on is not that involved. But I, I, yeah, I but I will was. agree that like the groundwork that you set in in sort of a you know what better place for hope than a place where there seems to be no hope. You yeah, know? totally. Like uh, that that's where you see it shine the most because there's this office where there's no hope for Jim's romance. There's no hope for Michael's <laughs> comedy. There's no hope for Dwight to move up. There's no hope for Pam to to be anything better than what the, her life seems to be, right? And uh, for them as a branch, they're going to get downsized, right? So you mm. do see that kind of canvas for the, for nicer emotional moments or for hopeful moments or for things that give us a reason as the audience to cheer and, things, and uh, for optimism that things might get better. Mm-hmm. And I think... You know, the big difference between the season two Dundies and the season seven Dundies, and I hope this isn't too hard of a pivot, is that like what we see in season two is Michael's need for validation bounced against these characters who are kind of have to be there. They don't want to be there. Right. Right. And what we see in season seven is Michael is kind of good. Michael's good with everything. Like Michael is the most self-assured character in this whole thing. While wow. D'Angelo is insecure, Michael's like, no, you got this. This is going to be great. You're going to mm. want to do it every year. This Slaps is be him perfect. in the bathroom. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and the characters that we see actually navigating sort of uh, more difficult kind of emotional territory is Aaron trying to figure out how she wants to break up with Gabe. Right. Dwight trying to figure, trying to kind of come to terms with the fact that yeah. he hasn't been made co-manager. D'Angelo mm-hmm. trying to figure out if he can even do this. You know, um, that's the kind of different things that we see like bounced around here. And even in the characters yeah. in the audience, right? Like we can go through some of the awards. Jim wins best dad. Right. And while he goes up to accept that he actually kind of gets excited about it. And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. Right, maybe, maybe it's about following your own compass. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe it's about be, following your own compass. I don't know. I don't know. And then he gets off stage and, and Pam says, you didn't want to mention me. And he's like, didn't I? Didn't I? <laughs> and then uh, Meredith wins best mom. So Pam is kind of flustered by that. Like uh-huh. we just see it's instead of Michael on stage as the guy who's clearly needing to work out his own stuff. Mm-hmm. Michael is on stage giving this show. And he's giving the people in the audience a reason to work out their own stuff. Hmm. Ryan doesn't yeah. win hot of this in the office. Right. Clearly is a little bit bothered by it. Mm-hmm. Like he hates it, but he kind of hates himself. But he also is like, that's my role. Like yeah. I am the hottest in the office. And then he doesn't get it. And he's just like, what it's does like, that even what, mean? What's his yeah. criteria? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Meredith is uh, pretty pissed that she didn't win uh, cutest redhead in the she office. She's got best mom. You know. Yeah. Well, the other thing I want to mention is that every character that won a Dundee in Michael's last Dundee's is a character that did not win a Dundee in season two. No oh, way. is that? Oh, I, I Meredith, was... Jim, Toby, Toby, mm. uh, Aaron, mm-hmm. um, Dwight. Yeah, Pam didn't win anything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. D'Angelo. D'Angelo. Oh, okay. And then all the other characters win in season two. And Timothy Oliphant. That's right. Danny Cordray. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. All right. Angelo wins in season two, right? Yeah, yeah. There are some deleted... Well, there's deleted scenes we see. Kind of a bitch award is what she gets. Uh, And then, of course, we see this episode wrap with... Uh, them all going, they get kicked out of Louis Volpe's because D'Angelo is yelling about vomiting in the men's room. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I feel truly blessed. Yeah. They're <laughs> in a the much way, nicer restaurant. That's that's yeah. that's the other thing. Going from a Chili's to like this nice like Louis mm-hmm. Volpe's is like. Uh, I mean, this happens a lot in sitcoms and TV's like in, in shows like this. Is characters over the time will look better. Have a little more money. Mm-hmm. Everything's a little slicker. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons, like a show like It's Always Sunny, went the other way. Like why oh, yeah. Mac mm-hmm. got fat for a season. He's like, I want to do a show where they just look worse as time goes on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you see that in the office, like every everything. Yeah, now every event bit. has yeah. to be like everyone's dressed up and yeah. all these different. I think things. it gave them a reason to be a little more formal. A reason that they could maybe get kicked out and have because to leave. It's yeah. one of the last. I mean, it's one of. Um, Steve Carell's last episodes. I'm sure that there was a network request mm-hmm. to make this like some sort of glamorous yeah. episode I mean, that they could market. And both episodes end with everyone getting kicked out of their respective restaurants. Correct. Like both episodes have a scene where they're all in the parking lot kind of gathering afterwards. And in the second one, they end up going back to the office to finish it, mm-hmm. um, to finish out handing the awards that's where Andy, Andy gets, gets an award. award. There's yeah. another one who didn't get one mm-hmm. or wasn't there. Doobie Doobie Pothead Stoner Doobie of the Year <laughs> Award. <laughs> Award. Which somehow didn't go to Creed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and then they sing the song from Rent. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a nice moment. And a moment where Michael is surprised and overwhelmed by kind of the emotional outpouring, you know. Um, it's, it's his dream. It's like everything he's put into the Dundies. Yeah, just yeah. a little bit is given. Just back reflected to him. back mm-hmm. to him. Everybody's singing back to him, performing this parody song, almost. You know, yeah. and he's totally really taken sweet. aback by it. And it's it's a really nice moment. It's a little weird to think that they all learn this together and that they were able to set it up. But uh, but it the uh, the actual the surprise of it, I think, as an audience member, is really real too. They must have been planning to do it at the restaurant before they got kicked out because yeah. they come back and like Daryl's got the keyboard keyboard set up. 
and everyone's yeah. still ready to do it. Mm-hmm. And I wonder now, was like, was that why they were like, let's finish this? Like, we want to make sure we finish this ceremony because they must have known they were going to do that. Mm-hmm. I've talked about this in other episodes, but the long runway for Michael's exit that season seven provides. Like he has so many moments that where he gets seen out in a really classy or nice or surprising mm-hmm. or emotional way, mm-hmm. and this is just another one. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's nice though. It's nice. Like, it is. It's it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it 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 still makes me smile, even though it. it... Mm-hmm. <laughs> couple, couple a couple notes. I was uh, Stanley gets a real rough back to back episodes here. He wins um, the. Uh, uh, he wins the Don't Go In There After Him award. Or sorry, he doesn't. He wins, he wins the uh, fine work. Yes, the fine work, and then the the and then the uh, work. He won great work. He said before, mm-hmm. uh, but he and in this first one, he has Terry, his wife, with him. Yeah, I don't yeah. thinks in. No, by then he's with no. Cynthia, and he's then beyond. Cynthia. He gets the diabetes award. Let me ask you this. Oh, wants... That's right. He gets the diabetes no, award in the, the second one. Let me ask you this. Phyllis is mad. How many yeah. of you want to live in a world where Stanley, Stanley Hudson has two lovers and, and the rest of you have zero? <laughs> Only Stanley raises his hand. Yeah, there's another thing that we forgot to mention, which is that Michael's intro video to the Dundies in season seven is actually... In season two, he comes out singing OPP. He like messes up the mm-hmm. words. He has yeah. to just jump into it. He says, joke landed. And then he jumps into it. <laughs> and in season seven, they get this long pre-made video where Michael is dressed up as all the other characters oh, in the office. Yeah. As Joe yeah. Bennett, you know, yeah. Angela, you know, Jim, Jim and then uh, eventually Phyllis, which is, right. you know, <laughs> I've fallen and I can't get yeah. up. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I love Man. how it kills only with Stanley. I know he's Stanley. Oh, he loves but it, it does get small laughs in the room, which is kind of nice, does, you know. Yeah. Also, Dwight's Dwight wearing a uh, cummerbund, red red cummerbund, and <laughs> it's, it's yeah. a bold look. Yeah, uh, his speech see... to the noble trash can. Speech to the noble trash can. We see some of Dwight's recorder work. That's right. What right. other? There's another episode we see him playing recorder. Oh well, bring your bring you your kids work to work day. day yeah. Right. Okay. It's always that green one too. It's yeah. A, what song was that? For the longest time by William Joel. William <laughs> Joel. <laughs> I never caught that. Yeah, yeah. Overall, it's it's a, it's a really nice mini arc. If if you if if you're listening, like I we recommend watch those two episodes back to back. It's yeah. they're really nice together. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's just a really nice spectrum of of the whole show. The notion of a callback mm-hmm. is, I think, an easy way for a show or a story to acknowledge the distance that a character has kind of traveled within the story. So that the uh, that a character can begin and have sort of these fun- fundamental or foundational experiences, and then you know seasons or three hundred pages later or you know mm-hmm. two movies later, they can experience something that feels very similar, that looks very similar, um, that the audience can instantly kind of cue in on and, and and understand is is a really easy way for a show to kind of uh, convey character development character growth right we saw it a ton in this most recent episode of game of thrones there are callbacks like every episode to like the pilot of game of thrones the other moments in the mm-hmm. first season you know oh, the um, most recent season, season of sorry game of thrones. the yeah. final season of game of thrones called back to previous seasons quite a bit and michael's last dundies is very much an extension of that we see it in goodbye michael as well just different moments where the show kind of throws back to the the earlier seasons the beginnings of things right mm-hmm. um, and for michael especially he gets a t- like this is a great way for the show itself to be very self-reflective and to mm-hmm. kind of convey, especially like especially watching the back to back, just how much the show has changed. In, oh yeah, oh totally. Se- you know, five or seven seasons. Yeah. I mean, I I think it, what comes to mind is that moment when Toby wins um, 
mo- like most, most repulsive. repulsive or something like that. And uh, and so Jim mean. and Oscar are like, you have to accept it. It's his last Dundies. It's like they, no no one would stand up for Michael like that. <laughs> no, it's horrible in season two. It's really bad. Yeah, yeah. But it's, you, know, you know, it's. I mean, I mean, if no one's gonna stand stand up to Michael, no one's gonna stand up for Toby. <laughs> no, so. no. You no, know what else sorry. happens a lot in season in the season seven episode Michael's last Dundies is that when characters go up to get their Dundee, they take the microphone and they take the stage and they give a speech. Yeah, Jim gives a speech. Meredith gives a speech. Not yeah. being the best mom tonight. You know? Aaron really right. gets a speech. Aaron gets up there and breaks <laughs> up with Gabe and seemingly blames it on Pam. Yeah. Um, Toby gets up and he's like, this is hateful, but I'm here to talk about the Scranton Strangler. You know? I, I, yeah. I made a note that was like, it seems like everybody else is bombing this show more than Michael is. Mm-hmm. He's nailing it. He's very comfortable. <laughs> at, this point in a- the, at this point in the story, all the other characters need this platform to, to and a microphone to literally say what's on their mind or say what they're yeah, going that's through. Yeah, a good point. So much more than Michael that's does. A good point. You know? Yeah. And they all do. It is. I mean, you, you mentioned like the elements of a story and it's like, this is... These two episodes back to back is a great example of like, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, I'm going to tell you the story. And they told you something that happened that day or whatever. And it's like, that's an anecdote. Like yeah. a story, something has to change for it to be a real story. A character has to change. Otherwise, it's an anecdote. Mm-hmm. And like these two back to back really help you see that the office is a story, that it's not just, you know, this half hour sitcom for laughs. Like mm-hmm. it really is a story. You really see a lot of growth and change mm-hmm. in the characters. And I think one thing that the documentary format kind of gives is we don't see like a typical hero's journey from anyone in the office because it's not, mm-hmm. it's not that kind of show, right? The premise is that you're watching these characters for nine years or whatever, and you're just seeing where they end up. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we get to see satisfying character resolution for a guy like Michael is pretty powerful, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, while these other characters are still kind of sorting out whatever they have going on, season nine puts a button on everything with the finale. But in season seven, we get to see it localized a little bit more to Michael. Um, we just get to see things wrapped up really nicely. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's anything else you guys want to say about this. I mean, the other thing that I, I was just noticing is just how rough of a time Dwight is having in that. Yeah. In oh, that. Michael's last Dundies, and then he's not present. Still great having, still great timing on the keyboard drop. Oh yeah, it's comedic timing with the boy yoing. Oh yeah, he gets out of the car on the highway. D'Angelo's all-out sprint, and then he's not present for the for the song. Yeah, I don't know. Back to shoot. It was raining too. You see, it was raining in that car. Yeah, yeah. He but is. but I was I was surprised to 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 notice that I mean it's like Dwight and Michael are so close at this point in the show or I mean you know have been together for so long that he's not part of that moment I was surprised yeah. I think I mean t- this episode is not really about Dwight but it is a certainly an important point in Dwight's journey mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Dwight is someone who has seemingly put him done all the right things right Dwight has worked how hard you know over all these years made how many sales done whatever he has to do to put himself in the position to be the next regional manager he loves the company more than anyone and you know granted they get bought by saber but you know dwight's in a position where all of a sudden he has to start over Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and it it doesn't look like michael recommended him or that the job was michael's to give or for whatever reason like dwight Mm -hmm. is not the manager again after all these times where jim is the co-manager where Mm -hmm. where all these you know and we see in the goodbye michael episode where you know, Michael writes a letter of recommendation for Dwight and he tells Dwight the job was not mine to give, but it does set up for in Goodbye Michael where all the characters are either neutral or very, very, you know, positive for Michael. 
to have one character who's still kind of aggrieved, one character who still has something to kind of work out, or one last uh, one last bone to pick with Michael yeah. before he makes his exit. Um, and then, of course, we see Dwight's journey continue to play out as he becomes the temporary manager, you know, as he tries to support Andy or whatever, and eventually becomes the manager, gets his resolution in the end. But I think it's just uh, it, it speaks to the fact that the show is not done yet. The show just yeah. has more to do yeah. with the, the characters, right? And there's there more go. to happen with Dwight. Exactly right. The Dundies, parts Dundies. one and two, fantastic. Love to rewatch. How can I explain those. it? I take it frame by frame. It. I'm so happy that you all made it. <laughs> what a show! Let's move on. Let's do it. This is a new segment called the Suggestion Box. And so we're going to have our weekly Suggestion Box meeting, so you can all get in your constructive compliments ASAP. Yeah, Suggestion Box is just uh, where we answer a question or something someone sent in that's just not a voicemail. Yeah, the voicemail is the leave a yeah. leave a message for Andy Bernard segment. Totally different <laughs> segment. Ask us different questions in different ways. You'll get all sorts of different intros and names for these segments. Yeah, yeah. we got we a lot got of a lot of segments coming to you guys. But this this is going to be the suggestion box. And for this one, uh, a friend wrote in and asked about uh, noticing on the show that the reason that we obviously we sometimes don't like a moment or something that happens is because mm-hmm. it is an out of character hmm. moment. Something like. Dwight and Cafe Disco being like, this song is fantastic. It's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just like, that doesn't feel right. Um, but yes, okay, so what is an out-of-character moment you do like? Because there are out-of-character moments that do work. Um, I'll kick it off. And, I, I, you know, mine is, mine's from a deleted scene, so it probably shouldn't count, but it's just, it's too good, and you, you should see this. Uh, it's a deleted scene from... Uh, Fun Run, season four, episode one. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Is that it? Yeah. I thought it was from Launch Party. No, because Pringles dies, remember? Oh, right. And they t- they're, talking they're talking about, about single. Yeah. Maybe maybe believing in God religion. was the mistake. Yes. Yeah. yes. And, uh, and Oscar arrives at, at you know, I was I was raised Catholic, but at this point, I, but I'm agnostic, so I guess you could call me a secular humanist. Michael has asked everyone yeah, for their yeah. own yes. individual and, religious beliefs, and uh, Michael says, "Oh, we got a secular humanist on our hands." And, and Oscar's like, "Do you even know what that means?" And Michael just gives a perfectly coherent, yeah. lucid answer of like, you know, a secular humanist. It's like you believe that reason will. Yeah, like <laughs> will he gives yeah. this, this like dictionary that answer. human beings can improve their lives through reasons. <laughs> yeah. and they don't have to believe in religions or superstitions. <laughs> Oscar's just floored. He's just like, uh, yeah. And I feel like that's an out of character moment for Michael to just like know all about, like know exactly what a secular humanist would be. Mm-hmm. But it's like, that's one of those things like you get, you get one bolt in the chamber for a joke like that. Like Michael Scott can do that once, maybe twice. Mm-hmm. And, it, yeah. oh, and it's, it's kind of unfortunate. It was an a deleted oh, it's scene. such a good one. Cause I, I remember that I had being that part of the show, but that would be one that like, this is a great. That's an In a way, it almost sets up the China episode, mm. but you get the pre- you get the the pref- the preface that Michael has done a lot of research on China. Right, right. Or at least read that one. Article, read that right? one and article. then the characters are rep- like, you know react to it. they're like, ooh, Oscar. Oh, look, Michael and Oscar are here, the two smartest guys in the room, and also in that order. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> great minds battling it out. Did you have one? Yeah. So I think I, this this moment happens, and I think it's more out of character based on what we see from this character in the rest of the show. So the character is Aaron and the episode of Secretary's Day. And the moment that I'm thinking of is when Michael, you know, we what we see in this episode is how weird Aaron is, you know? Michael says that she's kind of a rube, 
doesn't want to take her out to lunch, you know. Mm-hmm. And especially, you know, Aaron is like, oh, I thought we could go to, uh, what is it, Hol- not Holman's, uh, Hayworth's. Hayworth's, yeah. She says, uh, um, you know, I thought we could go to Hayworth's, you know, something really special, right? Yeah, yeah. And he said, all right, that's fine. And then she takes a picture of him, and she's like, I got a picture of you asking me out to lunch. Like, <laughs> She keeps, like, displaying this really strange behavior. Yeah. And Aaron, up to this point, has just been like this, like, cute, very smiley receptionist girl, but we mm-hmm. don't learn that much about her. Um, besides the fact that and she and Andy are kind of, you know, will they won't they yeah. in that in that regard. And but when they get to the restaurant, you know, Michael explains or drops the bomb that Andy and Angela used to be engaged. And Aaron is makes starts making these weird noises like, ah, yeah, right? yeah. And he like she like pushes her hair all into her face, and Michael's like, yeah. "What are you doing?" And she says, "In the foster home, my hair was my room." Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then she keeps making these weird noises. And Michael's reaction is to go, I'll have what she's having. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me, sir. uh, I asked for extra pickles on my burger. There's only five or six. Can I have some more? Yes, sir. I'll bring you a whole bowl of pickles. (laughs) There's only five or six. (laughs) And the only reason I say that is because Aaron, through the rest of the show, is, you know, similarly has weird moments, but they're mostly born out of, um, I hate to say stupidity, but like, She's very oblivious, maybe, yeah. or very absent-minded, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't see that weird dark side of Aaron that we kind of saw in that moment where she throws the cake at Andy and she says, what's your real name? You know, Lionel mm-hmm. Frankenstein. Who else have you slept with? Phyllis mm-hmm. or Kelly or Pam? Like, yeah. the sort of outburst that she has isn't really rivaled. And that sort of emotional yeah. weirdness never yeah. comes back to bear. Like, yeah. She doesn't, yeah. I feel like the only But it's thing, hilarious. I yeah. love it. Yeah. yeah. The only other time it's close to that is when she's like suddenly hits on those guys when they're out at the bar. <laughs> oh my gosh. Or something. That's, she, they're supposed to split up yeah. and hit on people. Hey, big boy. That's right. Yeah. And it's like someone throws a switch. She goes, do you like when I do that? And she's like got a, her hand on the guy's <laughs> yeah. leg. And Andy comes by and he says, where did you learn that? She says, in the movies. He goes, what kind of movie? Black Snake Moan? (laughs) (laughs) All right. How about some trivia? Oh, no. Oh, I don't. I don't. I don't have one. Oh, Oh, I mean, I'm I'm sitting here trying to think of one. You were so close to getting us to that trivia segment. (laughs) All righty. Well, let's move on to trivia. Let's just do our thing. Collect our hardware. And get the hell home. All right. Well, you know exactly what episode this is coming from. I, I just went from season two, Dundies. Okay. Which we just watched. All so right. I'm hoping you can get most of these. No excuses. We're going to go through these quick. Mm-hmm. What's the cold open of this episode? Uh, it's Michael talking about how someone should commit suicide. Someone might commit suicide. There is no cold open to this episode. There is no cold open. I'm sorry. Sean. Opens with oh. the title sequence. I, oh. I wrote that down because Edwin uh, remarked on it when we were watching. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, oh, this was just another note I made. This is you get Michael kind of showing the crew like, let's show you the past Dundee winners. Oh yeah, it's mm-hmm. kind of one of the last times. Yeah, he, it's like the last time he does that. Yeah, it's like yeah. A tour. After season one. Yeah. He's yeah. Like, Come, let me show you. Um. Oh, uh, we see two in, in the videos that Pam is watching of past Dundies. We see two awards given in that video. What are they? And to who? Mm-hmm. I, I just remember him singing Mambo number five. <laughs> one of them is to Oscar. Uh-huh. Wait, and the other one oh. is to Pam. Longest engagement. Yes. Long, oh, you okay. see yeah, longest engagement course. to Pam. Mm-hmm. Oscars. Oh. <laughs> the Show Me the Money Award. <laughs> the Show Me the Money Award. Very good. A little bit Very of Roy good. eating uh-huh. chicken crispers. <laughs> a, uh, a writer and humorist is referenced in this episode by Dwight. 
Something Who is that it? someone wrote. <laughs> what are you laughing at? You're not perfect either. We're laughing at something that somebody wrote. Yeah, or who? Who? No, who? Who was referenced? Who, who? does Dwight? Think Dave Barry. Dave Barry. Yes. Whoa. Very correct. <laughs> I, remember, I remember reading Dave Barry in like the Oregonian <laughs> growing up. He's oh my like, gosh. The days of a humor column long gone. <laughs> well, I guess they're just just Twitter now. <sighs> All right. Uh, let's see. The there are name three businesses with better health care. Mifflin. Oh boy. Oh, God. The blah, blah, blah. The IRA and the hot dog stand behind the warehouse. <laughs> yes, you got two of them. <laughs> What's the first one? The PLO. PLO. Which I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, what I don't know is. what the PLO is. Um, in the season two, uh, what annual Dundies is this? How many years has it been running oh. by the time we pick up in season mm. two? Fourth? No. I'm not sure. Michael's He's, been there for 10 to 15 years at this point. It's the blank annual Dundies. 10th? 7th? I'm just guessing years. It's the yeah. 8th annual okay. Dundies. Um, what is kind of the marquee drink that's on the wall behind Michael for a lot of the season two in the Chili's? There's a drink being advertised. Oh, wow. <laughs> in the Chili's. It's mainly early on, but there's a lot of scenes. It's like right behind there's a big, Michael. It's a big sign that's it's right behind Michael. a big sign him. right behind Michael. I did yeah, not I catch know. that. The Presidente Margarita. Uh, wow. All the chili. I was going to I was going to ask if it's a kind of margarita. Mm-hmm. Behind the group sitting in the stands or whatever it says Big Mouth Burgers. Yeah. <laughs> and one. then there's the Awesome Blossom one. Yeah. Uh, Megan will have an Awesome Blossom extra right. awesome. <laughs> um who's Jim sitting with before he's sitting with Pam? Ryan comes over and yeah. sits with him. Sitting with that Ryan. was such a weird pairing. It is. Well, it's because like those are the two like single young guys. Yeah, Ryan it's, asks, but they're not friends. Like they don't have anything in common. It's Pam, funny because there's there are moments in the first couple in season two and three where they do kind of seem to play Ryan and Jim as like they could be friends. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. it would make sense. It's mm-hmm. like yeah, they should be, but really they're not the same. They at both all. like and basketball. Happens in the BBC office too. The yeah. moment in season three, Benny Hanna Christmas, when uh. You know, Michael's like, Jim, Ryan, Dwight, come on, we're going to Asian Hooters, right? And uh, Ryan's like, oh, you know, my grandpa fought in World War II. I just ate there last night. MSG allergy, peanut allergy, soy allergy or whatever. And Jim is like, man, you take all the good excuses. And then he read out, he reads out some more, and he's like, look alive, Halper, welcome back. Like, that's a nice, endearing, buddy moment. Chummy moments. Yeah, Yeah, but as soon as Ryan goes corporate, that's the end for Jim. No. Oh, dude, yeah. they. Well, he tries to make it the end for Jim. Mm -hmm. Right. He can't get everything he wants. The, uh, uh, you already got the song at the end of that one. Oh, okay. I guess actually that's, and you, and then you already got the restaurant that was in season seven. <laughs> really um, but we'll end on this cause this, this is not really a trivia question, but we see Pam and Jim at the end of the season two Dundies. And there's a moment when Pam says to Jim, uh, Hey, can I ask you something? And she kind of gathers herself mm. in a way that she hasn't been all night. And mm-hmm. Jim kind of comes over after they've kissed. She ends up just saying thank you. But what do you think? What do you think her question was? It's not a trivia question. I'm just curious. Like, mm. what do you yeah. act, what do you think the actual question was going to be that night? Like, what do you think of Roy. me and Roy or something oh, like you that? You know, something that. vague yeah, like that. Something, something like that. Something kind of. In do the, you like Roy? Yeah, like you know, yeah, yeah, because she trusts Jim. Like at the end of the season, she says he's my best friend, mom. Yeah, you know? so that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. like it's like, yeah. is, do you think Roy and I are the right ones? Or yeah, yeah, like right that? together. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, something like that. 
Not straight to like, what do you think of me? Or, you know what I mean? Or like if I broke up with Roy right. or anything like that. Because that'd be the one thing in the way first. Yeah. 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 I just thought, you know, that was like a moment that I think gets lost to, you know, like the teapot letter and like some of these other things that yeah. Jim does to Pam. But it's like mm-hmm. Pam made the first move and all these in a lot of ways. It's a really good call. out. I mean, and that's like one of the nice... Like, we, you know, we talk a lot about nice moments or sweet moments or emotional mm-hmm. moments or whatever, but, like, some of the more, I don't even know what the word is. Uh, uh, really uh, understated. M- moments like- that fit that same criteria but aren't, like, resolution moments mm. are the moments that are, like, almost there, you know? Mm-hmm. and they do- But they don't feel frustrating or that you're, that you're shorted as an audience member. It just feels like they're so close they're just not there yet, you know? Yeah, like, it's, yeah, yeah. It's really nice to see... You know, that moment of hope for Jim is enough for him and it's enough for us. You yeah. Know? And uh, it's enough that Pam gets close to saying something to Jim but doesn't mm-hmm. because we're early on in the story. I, mm-hmm. I feel like it reflects real life a little bit too of like everyone's had moments where you're like, I wish I could do that again. Or like, mm-hmm. why didn't I just say it? Or why didn't I make that move? Yeah. Tell and, that person how you felt or whatever it and is. And that's the beauty of a show like The Office is you get years and years and years of these characters. So you can see them make those mistakes. You can see those moments like four or five times before they actually make the move. And mm-hmm. so the payoff is so much bigger. But those moments are so real of just like, uh, I'm not going to say anything. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't have the nerves right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it settles back down. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're mm-hmm. a viewer, you're just like, come on. And then yeah, yeah. it goes away. It's, just, it's, it's cool to have a show that, that can take the time and do that. It's true. Oh, well, um, you guys, thank you so much for, uh, for listening. Uh, this has been our episode about the Dundies. Please uh, hit us up on Facebook. We're on Twitter at Michael Scott Pod. We're on Instagram at Michael Scott Podcast Company. We have a phone number that you can call. That's 503-694-9314. Leave us a message and we might play it on the show uh, sometime soon. You also can ask us a question. If you don't feel a little too bashful for the phone, leave it a message. Voicemail. What's that? That's fine. We got Twitter. Yeah. We got email yeah slide into our dms we got a facebook account if you're old school for sure please (laughs) remember you know like listen rate review subscribe every recommendation like rating review helps us out a lot you know we're trying to keep we're trying to keep the momentum going so you Mm -hmm. know anything that you can do to help us there helps us a ton be much appreciated and uh we appreciate you guys so much thank you for listening and uh we'll see you next week i've fallen and i can't get up Waitress tripped on the cord. All right. All right. Joke landed. So we are here. Thank you all for coming. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.